0: It's the best or the worst This is B Movie Breakdown, and this is episode number twelve. It is the first episode of twenty thirteen. The first
1: episode since surviving the Mayan zombie alien death ray apocalypse. This is I, true. I didn't think we were gonna make it, but you you single handedly decapitated three Mayans with one stroke of your giant Final Fantasy Seven sword, and then I just pissed on them and they melted. My piss melts Mayan zombies. Who to thunk? So I basically ran around drinking Mountain Dew and Coke and Pepsi and any other diuretic I could get my hands on and just pissed them all to death.
0: Well, I mean, we had to do what we had to do to survive.
1: Oh, uh, I wish I could have done them with my do, but, you know, do. Do the do? Do the doo yeah, do, do the and just make like a monkey and throw my shit at him and watch him explode or something, but... <laughs> Yeah, so you, you're telling me you have explosive poop. Well, my piss melted him. Why wouldn't I have explosive poop? Well, Everybody well, knows minds can't stand excrement, Corey. That's why they died.
0: This is true. This is true. There's one left in the entire world, and he hides from every toilet. He can't be near a toilet. <laughs> so, you single-handedly, your piss took down the entire alien race. Well, I
1: mean, you were beating and stabbing and cutting things, too, but, you know, I, I just had my dick out and just let it, you know, fucking do its thing. So how much money did you get from the government to save the world? None. Just like fucking Walter White. He got a little plaque for doing what he did and his part of research that led to a Nobel Prize and then got cut out of the company, got nothing, had to become a meth kingpin. Or the guy that invented synthetic diamonds got a $10 savings bond from GE while he made millions, if not billions, off of his invention. Me, I get nothing for pissing the Mayan apocalypse away. Thanks, government.
0: You had the special piss. If if, uh, Roland Emmerich would have known, he would have made that movie 2012 all about your piss instead of giant arcs well, that rich know, people could only rich people could get on in John Cusack.
1: <laughs> Anybody's piss would have been better than the shit that was that movie, but uh, <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, that movie was it was just an episode. What was epic. that other
1: one with Nicolas Cage where was it like Knowing or something? Yeah, Knowing. Where oh, uh, the apocalypse is coming, and like his his son says to him, you know, like. Dad, am I going to die? He's like, I'll never let that happen. That's right, Nick Cage is going to save his son from death, which comes to everybody eventually, no matter what. I'll never let you die, son, because I'm Ghost Rider. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs>
0: oh, man. Well, actually, one of my, uh, we you know, it's a new year, one of my favorite things I saw last year on the Internet was a picture of E.T., but they took out E.T.'s, like, eyes and, like, part of his face and replaced it with Nicolas Cage's eyes and face, and it looks really weird, and the bottom below it just says, I'm so fucking high right now. (laughs) There was that, and then there was another picture, oddly enough E.T. related, of a guy bent over naked and E.T. fucking him. (laughs) But it's just like an E.T. like figure, and it says, Meth, not even once. (laughs) Well, uh, something else that was uh, almost just as bad as getting fucked by E.T. was Baywatch Nights, especially Season 2. Well, it was bad, but it was also absolutely great at the same time. And uh, that's our... Um, that movie this week, TV. We were uh, delving into the land of TV for 2013, and I'm sure we'll pop back in here once again for more Baywatch nights and uh, so Cleopatra 2525 and VIP and <laughs> the slew of other crap TV shows that there have been. And what was that one, the male cross-dressing one that you had showed me recently that was on ABC about a year ago? Oh, work it. Work it! Wow. The shitty sitcom
1: that was—I um, think it was tomorrow. It will have been a year ago to the day that it premiered, <laughs> and they—it was a mid-season replacement show. And according to um, online guides, they only completed six episodes. Only aired two. Only aired two when ABC pulled this piece of shit. And thank God, because I have slightly more faith in humanity, which isn't saying much, but. It was about these two guys that are both unemployed, can't get jobs because of the economy and all that. One guy has a wife who works as, like, a nurse or something, and it's still not enough money for them to get by, really. And so what does he try to do but get a job? He was a salesman anyway. He wants to get a job as a... A pharmaceutical salesman, but they say that, oh, we're only hiring women right now, which pretty sure is illegal, discrimination based on gender, so him and his friend decide to cross-dress, very obviously, as very, you know, completely not female, and become cosmetic saleswomen, and just all the supposed hilarity that ensues because of that, See, and it was just insultingly awful. The
0: thing is, though, this is it's basically a remake of Bosom Buddies. Bosom Buddies is a... I've never heard of it. It was a a sitcom from... uh, I'm reading it right now, but I already knew about it, but it says it ran from 1980 to 1982, and it starred Tom Hanks. This was before he was anybody, really. Hmm. He was on this ABC sitcom, and it was about uh, the misadventures of two single men working in creative advertising, struggling in the industry, while disguising themselves as women in order to live in the one apartment they could afford.
1: (laughs) Wow, this is this is awesome. This has just proved my point. This, <laughs> they're literally just recycling all these old shit ideas and hoping nobody will notice. Like, whatever, fuck you. Here's this shitty cross-dressing sitcom, but done even worse. So yeah, Or, so... Um, like, Law & Order, after all their myriad shows, and most of them, thankfully, are in the ground now, except for SVU. Then they decided to do Look at the rape Law and & and Order UK, because... Over there, they're literally just taking old scripts from old episodes and rewriting them to make them British, and there you go. So they're literally just recycling their old shit now.
0: <laughs> well, maybe... Um... It'll be Bosom Buddies UK or Work It UK. Oh, yeah. No, bring that
1: on. Actually, bring that a on. lot of UK because, stuff has already been like that. We have been taking their shows and ruining them, like Skins and the in betweeners. so why not have them take something? Except maybe they'll do it better. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Well, we're taking their good shows and ruining them. They're taking our crap shows. Well,
1: <laughs> You know in that you're right in that case I, I guess they're welcome to them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> take them away, take them far far. You know what? take away. take CSI and NCIS with you? <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. How many incarnations
1: of CSI are there now? There were 3. One of them just got canceled like unceremoniously like out from under Miami got the axe.
0: Oh yeah, at that the, was, end wasn't of last that the most season. popular one too, I thought.
1: No, CSI uh, Miami
0: uh, with the what's his face in the glasses. So
1: Yeah. Now, I've, as far as I know, the original was still the most popular. It's not often that you see a spinoff surpass the original, but, um, yeah. So the original in New York are still on the air, but hopefully they will both be dying what off What
0: about screen. NCIS? Isn't that a little cool? Jay and Chris O'Donnell in one of those? Yeah, they got two shows now, and unfortunately, uh, I know the
1: main one is still super highly rated. So it's gonna be going on for fucking ever, probably.
0: All the, I mean, CBS is just the king of uh, procedurals.
1: Well, only we just find one thing that works and try to cram everything into that model and just say, "Oh." Fuck Even
0: JJ you. Abrams has a show on there. Person of
1: interest. Yeah. I have not seen it. I hope it's a little bit better than I, all that. Oh, uh, when it first came
0: all... on, we started watching it, and I liked it, but I just didn't want to keep up with it because I had other shows to watch, and I don't really like procedurals all that much. Mm-hmm. So I kind of lost interest. For that reason. Mm. Uh, well, we forgot to mention before. Uh, this is the B Movie Breakdown. It is a weekly podcast where we find humor and enjoyment in low budget and lesser known films of the past and present, home of the good, the bad, and the what the fuck. Usually, what the fuck. Especially, I think I say this every week, but I mean this week, <laughs> Baywatch Nights is clearly. It's just like, what the fuck were they thinking? What, why, and why the fuck? haven't they brought this back yet?
1: I know. I. It's one of those things where like, you look at it and you can't believe that this exists in the first place, but then it just makes me want to see more of this happen. Like, oh, yeah. You know what? I'd say keep CSI on the air if they were to completely retool it and make it as off-the-wall ridiculous <laughs> as this is for next season. Just like, uh, you know what? William Peterson comes back, but now he's a porn mogul.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. Something. He's a
0: porn mogul who investigates ghosts. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised they haven't done that it yet With all the paranormal stuff it, that's been going
1: on Maybe he investigates ghosts Or maybe he, he goes around Mining for new talent Down in Honey Boo Boo's hometown Oh god <laughs> <laughs> Only to find out That he meets the love of his life down there And wants to become
0: a southern redneck And we'll still call it CSI CSI Moonshiners Yes Yes <laughs> Uh, you can listen to us if you subscribe on iTunes, on our website, bmbpodcast.com, or on Stitcher. You can reach us on our site, our email, Podcast at gmail.com, on Twitter, at BNB Podcast, and on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash bmbpodcasts. Send us your suggestions for movies, reviews of movies you may have seen and that we've watched, or uh, anything else you want to say. Let us know. So I think we should move on to our... Uh, item of interest this week, which is Baywatch Nights Season 2 Episode 13. I've never seen... Frozen any, out of
1: time. Frozen
0: out of time. I've never really seen much of Season 1. I've seen some of Season 2 now. Uh, this will be the third episode I've ever watched. I remember when it was on, but I don't remember I don't really remember much from the show other than that it existed. And yeah, I, I only really really
1: remember re- the episode promos.
0: Yeah, yeah, same here. I really wish I would have watched it, and I I want there to be a DVD release, a legit one, and it could just be season two. I don't need season one. I don't, like, they can throw that in the garbage for the rest of eternity, I don't care. But I want a season two DVD release because it's just, it's just absolutely insane. Uh, the, sh- the original premise of the show was, during a midlife crisis, Sergeant Garner Ellerby, who was a resident police officer of Baywatch since the beginning of the series, decides to quit his job as a police officer and former detective agency. Mitch Buchanan, his friend from Baywatch, joins to support him, and they are in turn joined by a detective named Ryan McBride, played by Angie Harmon. Singer Lou Rawls, who also started in the first season, performed the series' theme song After the Sun Goes Down. Midway made way into the first season, the show added two new cast members, Eddie... Sibirin, and Donna DiErco. Her name is always in the credits for the second season, mm-hmm. and I've yet to see her in an episode that I've watched. Yeah,
1: well, I saw that she was also on the main cast for the regular series, so maybe she just floated between them.
0: Yeah. So, well, and then this is where we come into the second season, uh, facing slipping ratings, which were never as good as the original series. The producers decided to switch the format to a science fiction, very X-Files-y type of show. And that's where we get now. We get... This And inexplicably, the man who decided to
1: form this detective agency just disappears. And that's supposedly, like, Mitch and Ryan are in charge of it now. And then, and then we have Diamant Teague, a new black guy, the paranormal expert, quote-unquote, whatever that means, just comes in, and suddenly he's a part of things.
0: And he's such a shady guy, especially in this episode. Because, like, okay...
1: oddly enough, I saw part of the, the second season premiere, and, like, he just comes in, and they just mention him, like, he's somebody that's, like, just kind of always been there. Who's that? Oh, this crazy guy who's always trying to get me to investigate crazy things, and, like, so he comes up, and, like, he's dressed well, but he comes off as, like, you know, like, the goofy guy who just... Is going to keep bugging somebody until they get in, you know, look into his thing like that's the only resource he has. But then suddenly in this episode, he's working for the government. If he's got the government at
0: his back and all their resources, why is he bugging some pissant
1: private eye?
0: Yeah, yeah, that was really weird. Actually, I just learned that Donna DiErco's character from this. Originated in this show and then was carried over into the actual Baywatch series. Okay, I guess she traded up. (laughs) Yeah, I thought she was already on Baywatch. So you learn something new all the time. Well, the episode we watch is season two, episode thirteen. You can find it on YouTube. I Highly recommend watching it. It is absolutely hilarious. You you wonder how do they fill an hour? I mean, forty something minutes with when you take the commercials out. How do they fill this time? Not very well. They don't do it very well because this episode, and I feel like one of the other episodes we watched before, is full of slow motion shots. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is what takes up a lot of the time. Yeah, slow- stock footage. Stock, stock footage, footage at the
1: beginning st- that looked way better than the show, whatever. Yeah.
0: Stock footage and slow motion shots that go on way too long. Not only that, the opening credits and ending credits are both very long. Yeah. The, uh, the slow motion shots of all the the Viking running were, like, they seem to go on for at least five minutes every time. Like you're <laughs> like slow motion is slowing it down already. Well now you're slowing it down and then just making it longer than it should be. And oh god. So yeah, frozen out of time is the name of the episode. It starts off in an, on an island. I don't know where because uh the person who had uploaded this on YouTube put subtitles in German.
1: Thought so it was in or around Iceland. Yeah.
0: And um, You just get a lot of stock footage of volcanoes erupting, scientists doing things. Walking on glaciers and things. It's like, I don't know how long the stock footage went on for. It went on for a long time before the episode even got up. (laughs) And, like,
1: I was put off. I didn't even know if I had the right thing until... Because you're hearing, like, voiceovers over it, but it's nobody... Nobody recognized until they finally call out Teague and he starts talking, like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, and right when they're bringing the... They find the the frozen vikings and ice and stuff I'm just like how does this get to Baywatch well, like once... how does this how are these frozen vikings gonna end up in Baywatch
1: well even better than this they, they sound like through the voiceover shit that they knew they were there and what they were looking for how
0: did they know yes. this at yeah. all yeah and the voiceovers are so hilarious cause it just shows like Two scientists walking on ice, and then there's like a voiceover, like, oh hey, we just found the strikings. Oh, it's exactly what we needed. Oh, ho 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 It's very <laughs> hey, like, buddy hammy. I'm from Canada. And yeah, the whole so in the beginning, I'm just like, how is this gonna relate to Baywatch? And is like and then they're in this lab, I was like, is Mitch gonna infiltrate this lab somehow? <laughs> this is all before you see Teague or anybody, so it's like and then they keep every time they pass by the Vikings' faces, it's slow motion. Mm-hmm. It's like and it's like, why are they doing this? Like, you got to make
1: it scary, Corey. Yeah,
0: I, I don't even understand.
1: No, it's really scary. Vampires, werewolves, mummies, that's all pussy shit. And it... Frozen Vikings, my God, I'm pissing my pants already. <laughs> pissing my pants with my ex- my melting piss. <laughs> I'm pantless right now. And there's now. so
0: many scientists in this scene that are just flipping switches. Yeah, <laughs> Literally...
1: Like, just all and, the glowing buttons, the the boiling flasks of nothing. And
0: you would think a lot of times that's just background actors, you know, doing that stuff. No, they zoom in on a lot of these people, and they get their own shots of them just like continuously flipping <laughs> switches and doing things. That's
1: right, boys fill that time.
0: <laughs> Seriously, it's there's so much filler in this show. It easily could have been thirty minutes. This could easily be a fifteen minute long show, like an NTSF. Yep. If they brought it back on Adult Swim, it could work isn't in a 15 minute format. It
1: sure could. And God, I wish they would. <laughs> Just the uh, I wonder if like the thing preventing it would be like them having to pay licensing fees to whoever originally made the show, you know?
0: And I love when they first show Teague, who it's oh at first you're kinda like confused why he's even there. You know, it's like, okay, why the fuck is Teague here? You know, helping out this um this whole investigation with these frozen Vikings, and then he calls in Mitch, which mm-hmm. I still, I don't understand why he even calls him.
1: Right, like, before anything even happens, like, he's just like, oh, you and you and Ryan come over here, like, he's bragging, like, you gotta see what I got, look at the cool stuff I got. And
0: then when they show up, Mitch is so angry that he's involved in cryogenics. <laughs> he's like this cryogenic stuff. I can't believe you've been doing this. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's so angry. He's so against freezing people and like unfreezing people. Well, it's insane.
1: Even before that Ryan is normally she'd like been smarter, but now she's just like, uh, oh, we have to go see this vortex up in the mountains. At least five people have disappeared into it what the
0: fuck? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you need to take a vacation up there. She doesn't need to take yeah, a vacation Take my there. vacation time to this place I might not come back from. Are we, getting any, are we getting hired for this? Are we getting money for this? No. But let's just do it anyway. And I love when he's on the, when Teague was on the phone with David Hasselhoff, the ADR, when it shows Teague on the phone, it just goes like, um, David Hasselhoff, oh, they're in the middle of talking and Teague barely ends his sentence and they already add in, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was very loud and obnoxious okay-bye, and it was really quick. I was just laughing so hard. And honestly, the last person they need to call into this situation is Mitch Buchanan. (laughs) He's literally the last person. Like, if there was a a priority list of all the people in the whole whole United States that they needed to call about this, he'd be on the bottom.
1: Because, you know, um, from previous episodes, he's supposed to be, like, the skeptic or whatever, which would be fine if they, like, played it decently, but no, he's more like the Pouty, like cross arm, just sit there, like I don't believe in any of this crap, and I hate it. And even if I see it, I'll still deny it because I'm a little baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I also notice in the background of the lab, a lot of it is uh, there's fish tanks. Yep. And it's they're colored fish tanks that are supposed to be some sort of scientific thing, but it's clearly fish tanks. Uh, and then they're like. Oh my god, we have a heartbeat! And they all start flipping their shit when they get a heartbeat from the side. When they first start
1: doing their procedure on the one guy, they say, how's it going? Oh, it looks like it's going well. I'd estimate an 85% chance of success. So they they say right there they think they're going to be successful at this and then they flip out when
0: they are like, this was totally unexpected! (laughs) No, it wasn't! You were trying to do this! This is the goal. And then when they're in the car... Before they... Before Mitch and... Uh, what was Angie Orion, uh, Angie Harmon's character, before they arrive at the scene... Or not the scene of the crime, because it's not a crime. Uh, the <laughs> lab or whatever. Uh, when she mentions the vortex, by the way, it's in, she's like very vague about where it's at too. She's like, it's in the desert, but in the mountains at the same time. <laughs> it's like, okay, where the fuck is this? You gotta choose one. And then he goes, you know how I feel about... Oh, this boogity-boogity. You know I'm not
1: into boogity-boogity.
0: The thing is, if he's not into boogity-boogity, then why the fuck does he investigate paranormal shit? (laughs) Like, why did did you start this business to investigate the paranormal if you're not into the boogity-boogity, as you like to call it?
1: Uh, I think the cover for it was he wanted to be a regular private eye, but they just keep pulling him into this shit. I could see that, but... I was watching the timer and how long they take to get through everything. And when you have, like, a little bit of episode before the credits, they call that in the business the teaser, usually. Mm -hmm. You don't want that to go on for too long. But here, they go through over nine minutes of material before you get the opening credits. (laughs) And after the very long opening credits, a quarter of the episode is gone already.
0: (laughs) It's, uh... Yeah, I don't and know, they
1: don't—they don't place the break like the you know the cliffhanging thing where it should be. It should have been like maybe like right when the guy like opens his eyes and just cut from there, or maybe have him you know get up and be about to threaten or stab somebody and then cut away. But no, he gets up, he fights with people, he cuts somebody with his sword, which miraculously is still sharp and not rusted at all. And then, you know, like, some more people gather around him, and he's, like, back, kind of backed into a corner, looking like he's worried, and that's where they cut away. Yeah. And then they do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the Viking, like, flips his shit for, you know, he doesn't know where the fuck he's at. And then then they just start more slow. This is where the slow motion running starts, and it really never stops. Anytime he's running, it's in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And then... He never says a word.
1: Yeah, or the other guy. They'll, they never say a word. They literally want you to think that they're, like, prehistoric cavemen. But later, when they say, when they've estimated when they were frozen, it was between 790 and 862 A.D. They were, they were intelligent. They were speaking. They spoke Old Norse, probably. And I know you... you you might not have the budget to get people speaking Old Norse, a dead language, some gibberish. but like, no, even have them use like a modern day Scandinavian Norse, some kind of language. Yeah. Or like, no,
0: they're just they Or even like like a like a Thor type of thing. They're Norse gods of, but they speak English and they kind of you know they can, they could at least have been like huh oh, uh they yeah, don't make make noises. They never make noises. Well, it's uh. <laughs> they're completely silent. Because I had wrote down like. Can he not talk? And then a little bit later, I'm like, okay, he still not talking. Like, he literally never makes a peep. And I love... even freaking out. You think he'd be like, ah! Yeah, ah, yeah. Like screaming or something. No, never once. And
1: just as Mitch and Ryan are coming in, he happens to shove some more guys out of the way with this awesome security that they have and just run past him. And then he says something like, that thing that just ran past us was once frozen. Like, you don't even acknowledge him as a person. He's yeah. a thing.
0: Yeah, he's like that thing. And then this is when David Hassloff goes on his rant about cryogenics and about how mad he is at Teague for using that. Teague, what are you doing with cryons? And then the, the scientist, random scientist comes up, uh, Dr. Lancaster. They don't really introduce him until later on. You don't really find out his name, really. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, who is this guy? Well, how does he know all this stuff? They're making it seem like he's got
1: some kind of plan here. Like, he's up to something, or maybe the government too. And they build it up, like, through half the episode, and he's trying to schmooze on Ryan there. And then he just disappears out of things. He's gone, no explanation. And, like, I would think that would be okay if they had, like, some kind of an arc to this. Like, this was going to come back around later in the series. But I really doubt that it will.
0: No, no way. I'm, I'm sure this is a one-and-done type of situation for sure. I uh, can probably put money on that. So, I and then David Hasselhoff not only hates cryogenics, but he hates the scientists, too. Mm-hmm. He has very much distaste for scientists. How could you do this? And the lab, the location of the lab is very shady and shitty, and even the inside looks like They set it up overnight, like this little, like... Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be this place that apparently has been doing this work for however long, but it looks like they built it inside of a container off of the back of a truck.
1: It's either on the docks or not far from, like, the regular docks in, like, L.A. or wherever they are in California. Like, that's a good place for this.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if... And Adidas wasn't a sponsor of the show, but Oh, yeah. I noticed that. Asshole. Right, on,
1: right <laughs> on the back of his jacket the whole episode,
0: Adidas. And it's huge. And he's always facing his back to the camera constantly. Uh-huh. So I didn't know if Adidas maybe had some sort of like... Adidas, sort of yes, USA,
1: and possibly mobile gas stations. <laughs> yeah. But considering how big of a... Uh... How big of a horror like these shows were with like you know titties and advertising and all that? It wouldn't surprise me at all. If, oh like, yeah, had, definitely. They had like a mini Mac and Me thing going on with Adidas <laughs> and guests.
0: <laughs> if only there was a Mac and Me episode of uh, of uh, this show. <laughs> they Mac shows up in one episode and they have to chase him down. After he kills a kid in a wheelchair. <laughs> um, so. Okay, the Viking escapes, and for some reason, why do they enlist Mitch's help in getting the Viking back? Teague yep. like, is like, here, take this Nerf yeah. gun. Mitch, you know the docks.
1: Find him. He's a lifeguard. How does he know the docks? <laughs> Even if he's been a private eye, do you think like, yeah, I spend all my time, got all my cases here down on the docks.
0: Yeah, I spend all my time memorizing what the docks are like. <laughs>
1: And I love his his line that he gives them to shame them all. What a fool you are. You and all your friends. (laughs) And then the doctor literally goes, save your indignation, Mitch. (laughs) <laughs> but, but yes their their wonderful idea to capture this guy which which would have made way more sense to give him like a trank gun or something yeah, but no seriously they give him this giant
0: nerf gun that'll shoot a net here use this to it literally him. looks like a nerf gun it it is so hokey it looks like something that was like a they used it as like test footage while making Men in Black. Yeah. Like, okay, this is gonna be a like a we're not gonna use this prop in the movie, but this is what we're gonna hold for now. Mm-hmm. And literally, like just like a test prop. And so the Vikings running around in slow motion for however fucking long.
1: Oh, they tell Mitch, you have to find him. You know how the cops will handle this.
0: <laughs> what? The cops will handle this Viking and you know end up killing him or something.
1: You know, cops just gun down Vikings every day. Yeah. They treat Vikings worse than black men.
0: Uh, we also learn though that homeless people and Vikings are on the same page. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty good with each other. They're all good. You know, they because they has that one run-in which the homeless guy has lines and the main Viking never has a line. Right. Like <laughs> this random homeless guy. Oh God! Because
1: you know how many hobos hang around the docks because they've got plenty
0: of garbage cans to scavenge out of down there. And then, um all of a sudden, there's just like this young guy who's with Mitch. Oh yeah, this he's young.
1: Like, this new young buck, like. Well, that's that's Griff. He's Eddie Sibran.
0: Oh, all right. Was he? I, was he in the other episodes we watched? No,
1: he was. <laughs> oh, he, fuck? I saw part of the second season premiere, and he was in that, so that's how I knew. But yeah, like it doesn't. He's got, like, a almost like a little sparse, fuzzy, goatee thing going on or something. Like, it didn't really look like him, because in the opening, he looks pretty boyish. But, like, he mentions, like, wait, i got to call in some more help. Wait, you've already got civilians here that shouldn't be here anyway. Like, oh, let me just call a friend, you know. We'll just, uh, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. So then he shows up, and he goes, um... He goes, so great. You called me down here to chase a Viking. I mean, not that it bothers me because I don't get calls like that all the time, but where do we start? I mean, <laughs> I only get, you know, like, once or twice a month I get a Viking call, so, you know, it's,
0: it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, and then this is when Mitch starts talking about how the Vikings, uh, all they know is the ocean. That's the only thing they know. They like He acts like as if they've never seen land ever in their life. Oh, yeah. And, like, they're...
1: Uh, I know you... There's going to be a history buff working on this, but he goes, like, oh, this guy, we can't let him get into the city. He'd freak out. This guy sees 30 people. That's more than the biggest village he's ever seen. Bullshit! I know civilization was smaller back then, but you can't tell me Vikings didn't have big establishments. They established cities across Europe. Yeah, seriously. Like, 30 people, oh my god.
0: in In the mix of all this, he still is going on this rant about... Or is it Angie Harmon's character who was mentioning about how unfreezing people is playing God? They, one of them goes on a rant about it. I can't remember which one. I didn't write which character I'm not sure.
1: Um, Ryan stayed behind and was trying to talk to the scientists, I guess, for some reason, even though she knows about as much as cryogenics as Mitch does. Oh, yeah, I think it was uh, Hoff because he's saying something like uh, trying to explain to Griff the the other lifeguard guy that he knows like yeah I'll just call him one of my lifeguard guys for this but yeah he says like well if somebody woke me up without my permission I'd be pretty pissed too like that's what happens Griff when you try to play God
0: yeah <laughs> and the Vikings keep like he keeps, he comes across the homeless guy who is hilarious and then he
1: just goes hey you see a big guy and that's all he says like oh yeah sure. Yeah, not not a guy with horns. A guy dressed like he's a Viking, which it made sense. Hey, you see a big guy? Yeah, this way. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, you guys got any money?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. God knows that requires it. Yeah, the homeless guy was great. He was cracking me up. You know, I could really use a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) He was great. Haven't eaten in days. (laughs) I just killed somebody back here. (laughs) Could <laughs> just leave him? Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then then he comes across the two dock workers. Who the one guy is so up, up, upset over eighty four dollars, he keeps like it's it's a, it's a con- ongoing yeah. conversation. And they, the they waste so
1: much time on the stupid conversation they're <laughs> yeah. having about like sports. And you owe me some some money over some bet. He's like, take a hike. Yeah, yeah. When are you gonna pay me? January fourteenth, because it's gonna be a cold day when I pay you. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they're fishermen, so the Viking slowly stalks up on them and grabs one of He's their like, fish. He's like, get
0: away from there!
1: And get just, away from here! Just starts eating it raw again. These people knew how to cook. They're not stupid. They're not savages. They didn't eat
0: raw fish. Well, you know what? David Hasselhoff knew everything about Vikings, so he wrote this episode, I'm sure. As he
1: explains to Griff, you can't live around the sea all your life without learning about Vikings.
0: Yeah, so I was like, just because you're a full-time lifeguard doesn't mean you know everything there is to know about the ocean and Vikings, because he knows literally everything. Everything. And he gives a quick little thing to
1: Griff about how, how fierce a warriors they were, and how the English used to have a special prayer against them, because they did raid the shit out of the English for a while. But, you know, I'm sure that happened in plenty of other situations in civilizations that got preyed on by other civilizations. But after the, the ten seconds of exposition, Griff declares, wow, you really understand these guys. And then he goes, well, if I'd have lived back then, I might have been one of them. <laughs>
0: the uh, sure, Mitch. the uh I, I, why when the viking was going to attack the two dock workers he kept, the one dock worker kept calling him tiny like I understand I get it like you call big people tiny but it's like if there's a pre-existing nickname or something mm. you just don't all of a sudden just start calling somebody tiny plus
1: I think it would piss somebody off so if you've got a stranger that you're trying to settle down the last thing you'd want to do is throw out a name like that but oh to live in this world
0: yeah i yeah I don't know, it was really, really weird. And then they're like, oh he's not that big <laughs> and he's clearly this massive guy. Oh well no, they keep acting like he is this massive man and he really wasn't that big. He was like a wrestler or something, but like yeah. he wasn't like they acted like he was like this like, you know, ten foot tall, mm-hmm. Paul Bunyan-esque like Viking walking around or something. And, uh, and then they obviously they go shoot the net at him and it doesn't work, and it's so obvious that the net was not going to stop this guy ever.
1: And I love what they use for a commercial break here. I don't know if this is before or after the net, but Mitch is like, I think it was after the net. He like gets out and then he goes, it's okay, we're not trying to hurt you. Uh, and that's the break.
0: Like really? Yeah, and then like half the episode is spent with Mitch explaining stuff about Vikings, Viking lore, Norse gods, stuff like that, like he he, literally, and then the Viking, like you give Mitch, you give David Hasselhoff all these lines about Vikings, and yet you have the Viking who says absolutely nothing. Like you like it oh god it's
1: just so, so after weird. after he escapes from their net attempt, better call Teague, so what do they do? He comes down there with some of his goons with another net gun. Yeah and that's it.
0: Yeah Yeah. And then when Angie Herman's back at the lab with the scientists, she literally says Where's what's his name? After he introduced himself, which is Dr. Lancaster.
1: <laughs> she yeah,
0: she literally says, Where's what's his name?
1: And then he's just gone. Gone, gone, gone. It's like, like I said, would have been compelling if they would have brought him back and dealt with this yeah, at some point. I,
0: she goes, after she said that. I was like, oh, just the guy you've been talking to for the past however long. <laughs> oh yeah, where's what's his name? How do you forget his fucking name?
1: And they're for some reason, despite all this mess going on, they're still they still have their shit going on to revive the other Viking. And they're like, uh, he's she says something like, he's already dead. Remember, just leave him that way.
0: Yeah, and then they yeah they revived the other the bald Viking who they, this guy his name is Niles Allen Stewart and he is a stuntman in, in like a ton of movies he's been in so many roles but he's also been an actor and I definitely recognize him from um, the, like a lot of the 90s movies I definitely recognize him he's like he's a character actor kind of plays the same role a lot of times but he's he was in the mask. That's what I remember. He's one of the goons in the mask mm. with Jim carrying That's definitely one thing I remember him from. And he was in the shadow with Alec Baldwin, and he was like a goon there too. And I remember him from there because he always had that like little ponytail thing on the back of his head, even though he's bald. He always yeah yeah definitely remember him from that stuff. Uh, yeah, he, and Angie Harmon, she is the worst. She's the worst person on this show. Like, David Hasselhoff isn't the greatest actor ever, and neither are a lot of the other people, but she is by far the worst on the show. Some of her delivery is just absolutely... It's just, it's just laughable, the delivery she gives on some of this shit. I was just like, especially when the bald Viking is waking up, her reactions are so, like, piss poor. Like, everybody else is freaking out, and she's just like, oh, well, no.
1: Mitch tells oh, her to get out of there, because they think... For, for whatever reason, they have no evidence to believe this, but they think the the unfrozen Viking is running back to the place where the other one is. He tells her to leave, and she goes, Mitch, I can't leave. Not now. Not now. What have you been through? you <laughs> sat here on your asshole episode. Yeah. Why does any of this matter yeah. to you?
0: And, and then somehow Mitch, he knows all about that they have a... That these two Vikings just so happen to have a blood feud, and that's what's going on. That's why they're they really were shipped by themselves. They to were seven.
1: supposed to have fought to the death and like somehow fell and got flash-frozen, which I don't think would be a thing, <laughs> like during their fight. And now they, now that they, they've woken up, it's supposedly, he says, it's their destiny to kill each other now. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Destiny. Oh. Yeah,
0: who knows how, I once again, who knows how he know, his character knows all this stuff. It's not like, maybe in the first season there was a whole episode about him, like, you know, he was a real big Viking buff or something, and then they alluded to this episode. I doubt it. <laughs> you know, I, I doubt, doubt it. Doubt, doubt, or maybe there was an episode of Baywatch that was all about Vikings or something, too. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a... You, I'm can't, you can't get much titties
1: in Viking lore, but... <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, so the both Vikings are finally awake, and then the Ah uh, Viking One, he ends up coming back to the lab. He makes his way back. Well, to Well, Viking the lab.
1: Number Two, they dumb him down even more. They have him sniff Ryan like he's a dog.
0: Yeah, yeah. And for some, oh my God, I don't understand what whatever reason there is. For some reason, she develops feelings mm-hmm. for this Viking. Why and how, I don't know. She's barely... This guy's barely been awake for more than, like, five minutes. She's developed some sort of feelings for him. And she cares so much about him when he's battling the his brother or whatever, you know. Viking number
1: one. Viking number we one. we couldn't even
0: get names. Literally, I just kept writing V1 and V2 down. Yeah.
1: So And I love how, like, they're trying to make... Viking number one sympathetic Like, you know, he's he's attacking people But he's scared and confused And suddenly now that he's back here He's the bad guy And now Viking 2 is the good guy For no real good reason
0: Yeah, literally on IMDB They're listed as Viking and Viking number 2 Because mm-hmm. like, I literally just don't have any names Whatsoever uh, So,
1: So they start fighting With their still sharp and usable swords Fighting so hard They're sparking all over the place With really pathetic sound effects for it all, doesn't sound like it's Sparked all over
0: the place. (laughs) Actually, the guy who played Teague, he was uncharmed for a while. uh, Uncharmed the whole entire series, huh? Which is kind of interesting. Like he was on another like kind of weird show like this, one (laughs) of these, you know. But okay, so then we get the Hoff versus Viking number one. During the middle of their battle. And he decides to take him on with a broom handle. <laughs> and then Viking Two saves the Hof.
1: Well, he gets uh, stabbed already by Viking One, right? Like fatally injured, laying there, they think he's dead, while well, Hof's trying to go at him with a broomstick, which of course is gonna hold up against this miraculously still sharp sword. So he's about to get killed and then Viking number two throws a dagger and kills Viking number one.
0: Yeah, and then they're both stabbed, and they're both, uh, Viking number two is essentially dying, and Mitch is like, every Viking needs to die with his sword, Uh because more of his Viking knowledge, Uh and he goes and gives him his sword, and what do they do with these bodies? Instead of, you know, handing them over to some sort of scientist, or museum, or somewhere where they could have studied these, these bodies that are like, however many years old now, thousand, you know, over a thousand years old, or whatever, no. Fuck that. I fucking hate cryogenics. I fucking hate scientists. We're burning these fucking bodies.
1: Well, it was uh, supposedly the Viking funeral thing. Which yeah, I, but still. I understand, like, you know, that kind of fits, but, yeah, why would they let him do this? <laughs> but considering the shitty security they had around this whole operation, maybe he just said, I'm taking him and you're not going to stop me. And they are just like, well, he said or, he's or taking Key, him.
0: Or who was, like, his friend, like, and yeah. he couldn't reason with him and be like, you know, we can maybe, like, what if they could have cured cancer or something, you know? I don't know, just something. <laughs> they could have done some sort of research on these bodies that they found frozen. But no. Or, or, or he, and Mitch might have even got, a, like, a good reward for finding these, you know? Turned them over, like, to the government or something, and, you know, they cut them, like, a nice little check or something.
1: Well, I assume this was the government behind it all anyway.
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. And then, yeah, so then he goes on this spiel on the docks about, you know, the Viking funerals and the way to blah, 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 blah. So he sends them out in the boat and he, with his excellent, um, you know, he's an excellent archery, archery skill. skills, he can shoot a flaming arrow way out in the middle of the ocean, and perfectly, hit the thing uh, yeah. to set it
1: on fire, and then shouts, Valhalla! <laughs> <laughs> and then they zoom in on his face, looking super sad, like, thinking you're gonna see, like, a single manly tear come streaking down his cheek. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then, you'd think, because he's so upset about this, they'd close on, like, some kind of, like... Mournful Requiem music. No, they go out on some generic, creepy music. Like, why?
0: What's scary yeah. about this? What was scary about any of this episode? Yeah, because a Viking ran loose in a small part of the town for a little bit? <laughs> like, it wasn't even that long. Nope. Like it, no, it didn't do anything like, either. I can understand maybe if, like, oh, he caused terror around he, the city for, like, a couple days. He caught a couple guys and they didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, if they would have expanded the episode over, like, a couple days... Uh-huh. You know, it would have made more sense. Yep. But no, it's just like, it, the episode was literally within a few hours, and he didn't cause that much harm, he really didn't do much, other than kill his own, like, friend, who he was destined to kill anyways.
1: Oh, supposedly. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, I... It, it, yeah, and then his Viking knowledge is just absolutely insane, but when at the end, when he yells, ah! I literally lost my shit. I was laughing so hard. Uh, Because he he had mentioned it multiple times, like, the the whole Valhalla thing, and, like... Heaven and their heaven and stuff like that and They have to die in battle, Ryan, or this they won't whole get thing, into their heaven. And I guess maybe David Hasselhoff has a, has like a have the, one of his hobbies is Viking. He's really into Viking lore and knowledge. So he really just wanted to put that into an episode and show that he's not just this idiot, you know, and he knows his shit about lifeguard about not lifeguards <laughs> about Vikings. <laughs> And maybe there could have been another episode in, like, a season three where really Vikings and his love for Viking knowledge is the reason he became a lifeguard in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, who I, knows? Really, was, not that, like, he was a
1: bum that couldn't make it in the real world or college and just decided to become a lifeguard and become, the like, you The know,
0: lifeguard isn't, like, a full-time job. Uh,
1: it probably is on major beaches and major yeah, cities. Yeah, major beaches, I... Especially Southern California, where they're probably open year-round. Yeah, but, but
0: like, is that a job that you can like keep for a long time and maintain a steady living? I feel like lifeguard's a job that people go in and out of a lot. Like you get a lot of people, like you know, and younger life- people that do are lifeguards. You know, you know, so they're in school, summer job, you know, or in towns where it's, where they have lifeguards around. It's just kind of a job where younger people kind of go in and out of the job a lot. Not like Baywatch was like a show where like these same people were You're always borderline cops. Yeah, yeah, they're borderline cops, and Ugh. like they seem to make a decent living. Yeah, I, think, I really don't think lifeguarding is a job that you're making. Uh,
1: right, especially a divorcee who's probably got to pay child support. And I know has his son supposedly living with him half the time. But yeah, I I don't know. But, uh, this reminds me of way back when when the show was still on. They had Pam Anderson on the Tonight Show, and Jay Leno was like, uh, "Well, I know the show is pretty popular, so why don't you?" Uh, help the people out at home that want to get on the show and read some of these uh, these lines that they could practice at home for, like, their audition for the show. And they're all ridiculous, but the only one I can really remember it was so so accurate and so summed up the original Baywatch just perfectly. It was,
0: Help! A shark! And he's got a gun! <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's this one called... There's an episode called Shark Derby. Has sharks <laughs> deliberately lured to the beach by shark hunters hoping for... Good, a good hunting season. Uh, One of the cast regulars, Jill, is killed off in this episode. Stephanie, played by Alexander Paul, would later be killed by being crushed by debris after being struck by lightning. (laughs) There's an episode episode called The Chamber that sees Mitch spending half the episode in decompression unit after saving a diver trapped in very deep water. There's an episode called Tentacles featuring a killer octopus. <laughs> and one called Beauty and the Beast has an alligator menacing the beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this uh, I looked up a thing about the worst episodes of Baywatch. There's a whole article, actually, on this website that I'm definitely going to check out because it sounds hilarious. One called The Sky of Falling. A plane crash involves the lifeguards and a serious Coast Guard work rescuing... Oh, this is worded weird. There's not like proper uh, grammar here. Plane crash involves the lifeguards in a serious, in a in serious Coast Guard work rescuing underwater trap survivors. Hobie and his mum <laughs> just <laughs> happen to be among the passengers, so the whole the whole thing gets very personal for Mitch. A bag of full a a, a full bag of stolen money on board the plane leads to further complications. <laughs> and then there's a uh, a season 4 episode called A Race Against Time that virtually remakes This entire episode <laughs> Yes <laughs> And I remember one that involved Kelly Packard when she was on the show And then his uh, his son Who ended up becoming a lifeguard too On the show they uh, they were trapped in the, this cave and there were electric eels inside. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I totally remember that episode. <laughs> I think he got stung by a jellyfish too, or something. Oh, and then there was an episode. Bash of the beach has wrestler Hulk Hogan in cameo as himself, raising money for underprivileged kids. While more, uh, and then yeah, that's the one you were talking. We were discussing earlier. And there's one called Boston Found has Mitch help a handicapped man learn to swim. This is the one I was telling you about with uh, the midget. Mm. Who were he uh yeah. And then the in the cast helps a Vietnamese refugee find his family. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> like
0: what I need to just go watch all of Baywatch. I wish I really wish it was on Netflix.
1: Oh man.
0: That's one that they really need to get Baywatch on Netflix because it's just there's so many insane episodes. I really The whole concept of the show is just insane. And then to take a show that really is just a wacky, weird show that only got popular because of tits, Mm-mm. to take that and have a spin-off of it. <laughs> and then they actually had Baywatch Hawaii, right? Well, was it a movie? It was, like, the movie?
1: They, they had Baywatch Hawaii, which is the final two seasons, because after nine seasons, they decided to try to make it fresh by ditching the old cast and moving production to Hawaii and getting, you know, like, nobody that was on the show originally was on there for those last two seasons. And then they had a movie, like, Baywatch Hawaiian Wedding, which is, like, years after the fact and a reunion for the cast or most of
0: it, and so... Yeah, Baywatch Hawaii it was nineteen ninety nine. Damn, that show went to two thousand one. Yep. Holy shit! From eighty nine to two thousand one. Yep. That is a long time. Well, worked. that's only
1: because of syndication. Because I think yeah. it got canceled after one season on CBS. So. Yeah.
0: Seriously though, that's. Uh, well, I guess there is a, uh, a an actual movie of it coming out soon. That is going to be more comedic in tone, and it's actually going to be directed by Robert Ben-Gurant, Garant, is from Reno 911. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for Reno 911. Travis Jr. Yeah, yeah. I would just be watching oh, directed by does Reno it, 911 co-creator. Did it say who's writing it?
1: Because um, I, I hope it would be Michael Bacall, who did uh, 21 Jump Street. He was in Manic with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, my God. Like, I didn't think I would like that movie at all, and it was great. Um, I wish he would do this.
0: Peter Tolan is said to have completed a a draft of a screenplay. I guess he was was the creator of Rescue
1: Me, Me, yeah. Dennis Leary yeah, and The Job, too.
0: Yeah, and I guess he had done one, and then now, um, yeah. So says it's more akin to the tone of stripes than the self-serious syndicated series.
1: (laughs) You know what? I will go and see that.
0: Yeah, oh, I will definitely and, this, and I'm sure they'll have the theme song in there too yes. I'm sure it'll be hilarious uh, It's an inter- interesting thing to do to take, you know, like, I guess they did it with 21 Jump Street too, they took it and they took a different turn with it and I think Baywatch maybe needs something like that. I mean, this show is just insane. You you would just you, If you made a movie off of what the show was like, you'd essentially have a B-movie. Mm-hmm. It would be this, this insane B-movie about lifeguards. And if you tried to make it serious, like sometimes the show would try to get really serious, it, people wouldn't take it seriously. No. Because Baywatch never really was taken seriously. As much as they tried and wanted it to be taken seriously, they could never get it to be taken seriously. Uh, yeah, it's just... It's just I don't know. It's ridiculous, and we, I well, obviously we will revisit um, Baywatch Nights down the road from here because <laughs> how can we not go back to this? Re- just uh, it's it's just. I wish they would replay episodes on Adult Swim. It would probably regain some popularity, but maybe I don't know who owns the rights to it. Maybe the Hoff has some sort of dealing with it, and he wants it to kind of be buried forever. Or who knows? Maybe he you know really enjoyed the show and really liked what it did and, uh, you know. Well,
1: I think if they, were, they thought there was a decent chance of making money off it they would have put it out it's probably just that they think people wouldn't buy it it's just because nobody really knows about it
0: yeah I mean I only remember it just because I remember seeing promos for it I never mm. watched it I just always remember seeing Baywatch Nights promos so uh, well yeah, that was Baywatch Nights episode or season 2, episode 13 of the show. Uh, it's episode's called Frozen Out of Time. Definitely check it out, and it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, what were the, the other episodes we watched? One was a mummy that uh, we previously watched. One I think first. it was 17 and 19.
1: The Servant was the mummy episode, and I forget what the other one was, but it involved demonic possession. and that one was great. Mitch getting possessed at the end. Yeah,
0: that was... Hi, guys. It was absolutely... <laughs> Check out any episode of this show. You will not be disappointed, especially from season two. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Next week, we are going to take on a two- 2012 film, FDR, American Badass.
1: I've been waiting for this one. Yes,
0: I've been, I, same here. Uh, the thing it says, uh, what, what did the tagline say that I was reading before?
1: What's got two wheels and kills werewolves? This guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you got uh, Barry Bostwick, who. From Spin City. Spin City, yes. He plays FDR. And you got a lot of other people in it. Kevin Sorbo's in it, Ray Weiss. Uh, Ross Patterson wrote this movie, who also wrote and directed Poolboy Drowning Up the Fury, a movie we've mentioned before on here, which is a great, great, um, absolutely hilarious movie starring Kevin Sorbo and Danny Trejo. And a few others, so I'm sure this movie's going to be hilarious and absolutely ridiculous. I'm a
1: motorcycle of death. I ain't got room for no sidecar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, next week will be FDR American Badass. It's available on Netflix. It looks to be absolutely hilarious, and, yeah, I've been looking forward to seeing this one as well, so I'm glad it finally popped up on Netflix for us to uh, enjoy. So for B movie breakdowns, since we did new introductions earlier, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Corey. I'm DRC, and. Valhalla!